This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. Your host, Mary Jo Tate, is an international book editor, the homeschooling mom of four boys, and the author of Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Mary Jo loves to help moms find peace, order, and balance by sharing practical tips, inspiration, and encouragement. Visit her website at flourishathome.com. And now, here's your host, Mary Jo Tate. Hi, I'm Mary Jo Tate. Welcome to the Flourish at Home Show. In our last episode, we talked about how to set goals that will outlast your New Year's resolutions. Today, we'll begin looking at seven planning tools to help you accomplish that. Here's a quick reminder of what we learned last time. Setting goals keeps you from being haphazard and flying by the seat of your pants. Everyone needs both short-term and long-term goals. Your long-term vision and yearly goals should drive your weekly plans and daily tasks. When we build our lives around short-term tasks, we tend to live in triage mode, to focus on the urgent to the neglect of the important. Remember, the busier you are, the more you need to set goals and create a plan for meeting them. I've found seven planning tools to be essential. Number one, big dream. Two, yearly goals. Three, monthly calendar. Four, weekly plan, five, daily tasks, six, running to-do list, and seven, stop doing list. The order is important, although you may not necessarily create them in this order. Each set of goals should be in alignment with the one that precedes it. If seven planning tools seems a bit overwhelming, feel free to tweak them to fit your situation. Just remember that no matter how many forms or lists you use, you still have to make decisions in each of these seven categories. Today, we'll focus on the first three tools, Big Dream, Yearly Goals, and Monthly Calendar. Then in our next episode, we'll take a detailed look at weekly plans, daily tasks, a running to-do list, and a stop-doing list. The first and most important planning tool is a long-term vision, or what I like to call the Big Dream. This absolutely revolutionized my life. In 2004, a dear friend, Louise Jones of California, challenged our mastermind team to answer three important questions. Number one, what would I be doing if nothing stood in my way? Number two, what stands in my way? Number three, what do I need to do to achieve my goals? The third question is where you find the balance between number one and number two. I call the answers to these three questions the big dream, I carry mine with me everywhere I go. I keep it in my purse. Set aside some time now to start thinking about your own answers to these questions. Write down everything that comes to your mind to answer question one, what would I be doing if nothing stood in my way, even if you have no idea how you might accomplish it. The point of this exercise is to expand the scope of your thinking, remove the limitations, and imagine all the possibilities. This is a great way to learn to think big. Focus will come later as you decide what to do. Obviously, you can't do all those big dream things at once. If you can, you're really not dreaming big enough. One mom told me, I found that my big dreams were not very big at first, and then I ended up putting down so many things. I thought I dreamed big, but I realized that initially I was only looking past the current situation our family is in right now. Jan Karen, my favorite author, is an inspiring example of someone who had the courage to pursue her dream. She had dreamed of being a writer from the time she was 10 when she wrote her first novel. 
At age 50, she left a lucrative career in advertising and moved to a little mountain village in North Carolina to focus on writing fiction. The first few years were challenging, and she supported herself through a recession with freelance copywriting while she wrote At Home in Mitford. Her delightful novels have become bestsellers, won awards, and blessed millions of readers around the world. In an interview with CBN, Jan offered this advice about following your dream. She said, if God has given you a dream, you'd better get cracking because he wants you to use it. The second planning tool is yearly goals. These should be in alignment with your big dream. If your yearly goals don't have anything to do with your big dream, there's a disconnect, and that's a problem. If that happens, reevaluate both your big dream and your yearly goals to determine what you really want. If possible, set aside the last week of each year for review, planning, and goal setting. Take out your calendar now and block out December 26th to 31st to dedicate to planning and setting goals. That's the ideal. The reality probably is that you can't take a whole week for that. Well, if you can't take a week, take a weekend. If you can't take a weekend, take a day. Whatever amount of time you can realistically devote to yearly planning, do your best to set aside a significant chunk to think, dream, plan, and evaluate. When you set your yearly goals, first you'll look back and then you'll plan ahead. Begin by looking back at the entire year. Review your personal, family, and business activities and accomplishments and assess how well they matched your goals. Then you'll set new goals for the coming year, keeping your big dream in mind. Evaluate your year in five categories. One, personal. This category should include things like exercise, spiritual growth, hobbies, and things you do just for fun, not including family activities. The second category is family. This would include homeschooling and family-wide activities such as field trips and travel, as well as a category for each child's major accomplishments and activities. You may also want to include activities with your extended family. The third category is business. If you have a job or a home business, summarize your business activities for the year. The details will vary depending on your business, but you might include categories like sales figures, clients you served, projects you completed, products you created, speaking engagements, conferences you attended, and so on. Category four is service. How have you given back? Have you served in your church, volunteered at a food bank, counseled a hurting friend, or served other people in some way? The fifth category is reading. Now, I'm a big fan of reading, and I cut and paste my yearly reading list from my ongoing list of books that I've read. I've actually been tracking my reading since 1986. This may sound like overkill for some of you, but I like to see everything for the year in one place. Keeping track of your reading provides a gauge of your interest and your focus and whether and how you're growing. Even if you're not a book lover, I encourage you to make learning a priority, whether it's through books, audio tapes, live seminars, or whatever. After you complete your yearly review, compare it to your goals for the year to see how well you stayed on track. What goals did you reach? What fell through the cracks? Did your priorities change over the year? If you didn't write goals for last year, just assess how productive your year was the best that you can and use that information to help set a direction for the next year. If there's not a lot of correlation between what you planned and what happened, you need to ask yourself some questions. Was the problem in the planning or in the execution? Did you have a life crisis, 
an unavoidable situation that intervened? Be honest with yourself so you can create a closer alignment between your goals and reality next year. Now that you've looked back, you're ready to look ahead. First, review your big dream. Has it changed? Do you need to add or subtract items? Use this long-term vision to help set your yearly goals. Second, write down specific measurable goals for the coming year in the three major categories of personal, family, and business. You may also wish to set goals for service and reading. Aim for a balance between realistic and ambitious. Your goals should be doable, but they should also stretch you. Third, mark your monthly calendar for the whole year with birthdays, holidays, and any other date-specific events you've already planned, such as vacations or conferences. Remember to schedule time between Christmas and New Year's Day for your next yearly review and goal planning. As you evaluate the year that's ending and plan the year ahead, always keep your big dream in mind. The third planning tool is the monthly calendar. The activities you mark on this should be in line with your yearly goals. I like to use a calendar where I can see an entire month on one page. Post the current month's calendar where you will see it daily. I keep mine on the bathroom mirror and store the other months in a binder. Your monthly calendar should include everything that is date-specific, such as medical appointments, vacations, children's sporting events, meetings with clients, and so on. Remember, you already filled in things like holidays and birthdays during your yearly planning. There's just not enough space in those little boxes to make a fully itemized list for every day, so just hit the high points. You'll use your weekly plans and daily tasks to fill in the gaps with more detail. Now, I like to color code my calendar because otherwise everything becomes one big blur. You can use different categories or different colors for mine to suit your own unique obligations. Or, if this seems like overkill, just use all one color, whatever works best for you. Here's how I do it. I use purple for celebrations such as birthdays and holidays, pink for personal commitments such as mom's night out or personal doctor appointments, gold to represent the gold standard for a quality education for our homeschool activities, blue for family activities that include me, brown for my children's activities that don't include me, green the color of money for business, red for anything unusual, urgent, or especially important, and just plain black for everything else. Now, I used to use just one color for family activities, but once my boys began driving on their own, I didn't have to be present for their piano lessons and sports practices anymore, but I do need to keep those activities in mind so I don't schedule other things like dentist appointments at the same time. That's why I use two colors now for family activities. Remember to schedule time to review your yearly goals on the first Sunday of each month or the first day of each month to help you stay on track throughout the year. If you don't look back at your goals, you'll lose your focus and accomplish much less of what you set out to do. I really encourage you to spend some time over the next couple of weeks working on your big dream, yearly goals, and monthly calendar. On the next episode of the Flourish at Home show, we'll take a detailed look at the last four planning tools, weekly plans, daily tasks, running to-do list, stop doing list. If you just can't stand to wait that long to find out more, visit my blog at flourishathome.com for a free ebook from Frazzle to Focused, Seven Planning Tools for Busy Moms. Or if you want my entire system, you'll enjoy reading Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms, available through my website and other online vendors. 
As you work with these planning tools, remember that they are your servants, not your masters. They are intended to help you focus on what really matters most to you. This quote from H.G. Wells is a great reminder. He said, We must not allow the clock and the calendar to blind us to the fact that each moment of life is a miracle and mystery. Thanks for tuning in to the Flourish at Home show. For more encouragement, visit Mary Jo at flourishathome.com. The Flourish at Home show is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.